clear their airways for the big broadcast. It's time for HempRadio.com, your source for everything hemp and cannabis. With your host, Patty Cakes, the queen of cannabis. Hey, welcome to Hemp Radio. It's Patty Cakes, the queen of cannabis. Oh my God, I am here still at the Hemp Industries Association 25th Annual Conference, and it is so fabulous. Oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) I am too. I am. I'm here with my two buds, Ty. And Darlene, and I'll tell you what, we're, we're like crazy because we're sitting here with a star. Yes, we are. We star. are sitting we're a here with a superstar. I didn't realize that the, the oh sun had gone God. down and the, and, the, and the stars were out. But. <laughs> should we tell them what guess. his name is? Or Yes. Or, let's, should, no, let's, let's make them guess. No, let's tell what them do you right do? away. Uh, currently? Yes. Currently, I'm building a brand... Uh, that represents the the legacy that my father had left to uh, my family. And who was that fabulous father? Uh, his name was Jack Herrer. Oh my God! I got the goosebumps. I got goosebumps too. too last time. Isn't it weird? Do you think he's he's looking at us or he's here, you know and saying thumbs up or what I, do you I, think? I, I would I would like to think that. I don't have a lighter. That would be that would be fun to think. That would be so. Yes. Well, but we you're, were. You're, Pursuing his legacy. Uh, I'm, I'm hopefully um, I'm representing that legacy. I, I, I don't know pursuing it, but I, I'm certainly doing the very best that I can to uh, to to sort of reawaken the the fact within this within this space that um, my my father wasn't a, a strain of cannabis. That he was actually uh, uh, you know a, an influential person within this space that helped uh, a great many people to find their voice, which has led us down a road of, of, you know, development and understanding and in some levels prosperity and and, and I'm I'm really proud to be a part of it. He started the level of truth about him. I mean, and if anyone watches The Emperor Wears No Clothes, they all of a sudden get this whole new level of reality that is an awakening and then and at this point in time that's what people are doing and so that's why I think it's just growing and for you to take it and expand and it's really awareness yeah it is uh, education is is key to the, the, the continued development of what's happening now because um, the, the monetary the monetization of, of cannabis or hemp um, is not the end-all, beat-all. It's the understanding of what you can do with it that is the real changer for society. Can you say specifically, are you speaking hemp, what you can do so with it? When, <laughs> when, when my father was starting to write this book and he was doing research back in the day, I was a, I was a young adult, and you know, this was in the early 80s, he said, you know, this plant is... And how old were you? I was in my early 20s. Okay. And he's like, this plant is going to save the world. And what did you think at that time? Did you say, oh my God, my dad's a stoner? No, I said, Dad, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Hemp is going to save the world. And he's he proceeded to to give me the rundown of what his understanding was at the time and 
um, which was extensive. But to me, it was, you know, I, I mean, I, I grew up a, I grew up a normal kid. You know, I, I, I was a, you know, 10-year-old kid riding his Schwinn with his banana seat. And Where, his was bars Where was this? Where was this? In the San Fernando Valley. Oh, right. Okay. And, uh, you know, everything was, uh, everything was normal. My, sign, my, my dad was a sign maker in, in Los Angeles. And, Jack uh, was? Yeah. He was Jack a, was a sign maker? He was, he was an artist, and he worked on neon signs down in Chinatown. Oh, my for, God. I love it. And he was... The furthest thing that you could imagine from the cannabis or hemp industry was completely ignorant, more ignorant than most any politician is today. Right. Um, That's a good one. So did he, did he smoke pot at that time? Than any politician is today. Uh, yeah. No, the first time he smoked pot was he was right about 30 years old. Oh, my God. And so I'm he, in shock. When he smoked pot for the first time, it... It not only changed his life, but it changed our whole family's life because he literally went from being super anti, you know, all hippies and counterculturists uh, were uh, anything but the patri- devil, anything but patriotic, right. and um, he thought that uh, you know cannabis could possibly be the worst thing on this planet ever. What I was the turning? It. What was it that made him change his mind? Was it? He got stoned for the first time. He at that time had divorced <laughs> my mother, and was divorces will do that. You get divorced, you start smoking pot. No, no, that wasn't I'm just it. But he, he he moved into a building that was um, stoners. Well, he didn't know that, uh, <laughs> but he moved into a building. Uh, that I'm turned sorry. out to be a, a bit more on the the swinging singles uh, version in the early 1970s, and there was a young girl that was uh, a law student at the time, uh, who my father was quite attracted to, but she was uh, she was a hippie hot stoner, smoker. Stoner girl. Oh, I love it! And I um, love it. She kept telling my father that Jack, you just don't understand, and she. Finally, uh, between it. my father's need to get to know her more deeply, and he had to uh, learn to understand. <laughs> and she used her feminine wiles to say, "Jack, you need to smoke cannabis with me." Or back in the day, that they used the term marijuana or pot. Weed. Weed. I used. We used to call it for the first time. Uh, yeah. And then. And then that he the- realized that how could the experience that he had that night before have been illegal. Why was it such an amazing evening? And how could it be like that when everything that he had ever known, anything that he had ever read, anything that he had ever heard, anything that he had ever been taught, uh, was all contrary to the experience that he had. Amazing. And he started asking why. No, it just pissed him off. Yeah, Yeah, see. What is your nationality? uh, Ooh, I'm a mutt. Don't look like um, East, a <laughs> Eastern European, nice. Polish, Russian, Jew. Jew. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's uh, all you have to say. And then on my mother's side, uh, you know, Irish and Indian. But I, I, I now I can relate to them. Of course. My, my people. <laughs> um, so, um, so your father started smoking herb at thirty. Yes. And I can't you believe it. stopped. Um, well. <laughs> I started I started smoking in my mid-teens, 
And uh, was that before your father? Or after? No, no, after. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> um, so uh, for me, I, I stopped at around 25, much to my father's dismay. <laughs> okay, like, what? You're what was smoke with me? Yeah. Are you kidding? No, the, his his response Why? was. I thought I raised you better than that. <laughs> That's what I would have said. Where did I go wrong? Where did... <laughs> what happened? So what was your answer? My answer was that, uh, you know, being uh, being high was getting in my way of the things that I wanted to do. Well, what did Not... you do, honey? Um, Just out of curiosity. No, it... <laughs> did you become a doctor, lawyer? <laughs> what? No. Um, no, I. No, he made a decision. He needed change. I, not forever. I, I just wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying the high anymore. That's as, okay. I'm not. And, and that was I'm just. It. it was so. It wasn't because of a profession or anything. Okay. It's just, it just didn't fit with. Do you work, drink? Uh, occasionally, very okay. rarely. Like okay. I could have a six pack in my fridge for like. Uh, Forget it. You don't drink. A year. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Right, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because you got things to do, and you're just kind of high on the whole so thing. So you're Clarity totally, you're very Clarity's involved good. in the company. I mean, the products are, uh, the, uh, the, where is it? Oh, I put it on. So cool. It is so cool. The package is the original Jack Hair Select, and it's three hemp paper rolls. When you gave me this, I thought it was a box of hemp paper. Oh, yeah. And that's why I never said anything. I said, oh, my God, I need papers, and threw it in my bag. And when you said it was like three joints, I immediately opened the box and was excited. As you should be. As I, and it was and great. Didn't take much, and then we I were, had to drive on the freeway all the way back. <laughs> we got lost. We got that. lost with the GPS. Oh, I know. Thank goodness I'm. We need a pen. So and you don't sign smoke. Off. <laughs> <laughs> you need, we need to get that sign. <laughs> well, he can't sign his dad's name. No, well, he can sign, sign his well, name. He's the he's, one he's, now. He's the man. You're, you're selling. He's Are you the man now? Uh, Where can no, we get I'm, that? I'm, no, I'm just. You're Dan. You're just Dan. Dan. Yeah, can I love I, it. Can I ask a question? Oh, of where, course. I really do like these. I'm okay. not just saying that because of, you're here and stuff, but where, where can I get these yeah. in Las Vegas? Tell well, people. In, outside of the state of California, you cannot. Um, we are we are not ex we are not expanded outside of California. We're we're selling some of our branding okay. out, and we have sold some of our branding outside of the state. Well, I buy but, your pie, Jack Herrera pie. But uh, if well, that's if, not if, his. If, 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 if it doesn't say the original Jack Herrera, it's uh -huh. just not. Okay. okay. See, Period. it's got to be that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put this on this episode. I will. I will. I'm going to take a picture of this and a nice. I'll take Can a nice get a picture. picture of you two together holding that. Maybe? Okay. We're not done yet. Hello. We're still doing this. Okay, everybody out there, I'm high. Dan isn't. And what can I say? It's Okay. So, do you have a family? Do you have a wife and kids? I have a wife, no children. Okay. Does she smoke pot? No. Oh wow! And you're such a happy person. Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> Daddy, oh, you're so I, funny. I, I wouldn't be happy if I didn't have marijuana because I use it for depression. So. Well, I, I, I'm happy I, too I, all I the time. I don't cannabis. need it for I just pot. don't smoke cannabis. How do you oh, use it? What does that mean? Uh, I, I juice fresh leaves from oh, our farm. There you go. Uh, so I, get, I still get uh, all of the beneficial, right. you know, uh, Everything. properties of cannabis. I still get all of the CBP. Do you all grow all THC. your own products for, like... So no. Like, are you seed we, to we, sell? We have associated farms, okay. and then we have farms okay. that we 
we are part of. Okay. Um, and so we, we have a family of farms that, okay. that grow for us. Wow. And you juice. And I juice. That's the whole plant. See, so that is I, I, so I, 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 I get the full spectrum of all, yes. of, all of the like cannabinoids. The ever. But that's do you get high? No. No, it just makes you feel good all the time. Why oh, think my God. Good? That's so what there's I'm no, saying. There's, He's no, happy. there's no cerebral elevation. Yeah. But you're still getting the... No, there I, isn't. But I get all the benefits. It's, yeah. Right. I get THCA instead of THC Delta 9. Okay, what's the difference? THCA is a non-euphoric. Okay, and what does it do? Um... I, I can just tell you, I, I just feel fine. You know, I, I, I don't Complete. know, I don't, I don't feel any, uh, I don't feel any change in my psyche. Um, but I feel healthier for what I am doing. You're very grounded. That's probably why. Get on YouTube. Who is this at? It, I, it's, it's really odd to from? be grounded when you grew up in such a crazy family. Right, and you look know. at us. We're starstruck. I bet everybody's like that. It's no, you're sad. you're starstruck. I'm, starstruck. I'm not starstruck. Yeah. I said I have to get a selfie. And I say he looks like a nice, handsome like, guy. You all are a little crazy. We're, <laughs> we're all are. a little crazy. But yeah. that's okay. I, 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 number one crazy. I'm number cra- two, and she's number crazy two. Crazy is good because my my father was crazy. Um, he was uh, crazy passionate, and um, it was it was that level of passion and dedication and just commitment to his beliefs. What about your mom? When he was was he with your mom when he was doing the cannabis? When no, not oh, okay. No, in okay. fact, uh, after after their divorce, my my father uh, had. Uh, found my mom uh, smoking cannabis and uh, even growing a plant in our backyard in the early 1970s San Fernando Valley. Was this after they were divorced? Yes. And the young lady that uh, he was talking to at this apartment who was going to law school, um, he confided in her that he was having a really difficult time because he felt that it was his duty to turn my mom into the police for smoking and growing cannabis in the house no. where his children slept. No. And she talked him out of it. Wow. God bless her. Yes. <laughs> what else? What else can you, what other secrets? Let us hear all the family secrets. All the family. I, I don't think he we're going to go there. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep it topical. He's, you have been amazing. Like all the information is just—it's fascinating, and it's—it's it's just so amazing. And and I'm amazed that he, you know, that you're continuing the legacy. And let me ask you this though. Sure. Your, your dad championed for hemp. Yes. Are you doing anything with hemp? I am. What are you doing? Um, educating folks on hemp, its properties, its possibilities, and its uh, its place in our future. Um, in 2014, I started the Jack Herrer Foundation, which is an educational nonprofit foundation uh, promoting the um, the worldwide uh, understanding of hemp and cannabis as it relates to. Uh, our past and most importantly uh, how it will influence our future. Now, 30 years ago when my dad told me that cannabis was going to save the world, I literally thought he was out of his mind and that was okay. He was 
mostly out of his mind, uh, from my understanding, you know. But then well, it, it was were, at a time when I was were, rebellious too. You were a teenager. You were you no matter. Well, what I was already a young was. adult. The teenager thing was already gone. But, but still, you know, there were still, you know, how you are. Kids are boys. Yeah. But um, we always think our but, parents but, are out of but, their mind. But the no thing what. is, right, right. You know, from from the time that we were in our teens, we were always part of. Whatever it is my father was doing in order to um, promote cannabis, because once he got high in the early 70s, um, he, he became incredibly active, wrote his first book on cannabis. What was the name of that? Grass. Grass. Hey, you know what? <laughs> we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come right back with Dan Hare. Are you going to stay for a few more minutes? Sure. And my buds, we'll be right back with more hot pot topics and this really hot Dan. Clear the airways for the big broadcast. It's time for HempRadio.com, your source for everything hemp and cannabis. With your host, Patty Cakes, the queen of cannabis. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Hemp Radio, and I am here with my buds at the HIA conference in Los Angeles, and I'm here with my new bud. Are we friends? We are. We are friends. Dan Herrer. Is that right? Herrer like terror. Herrer like terror. And uh, we were talking about hemp, your father's, you know, his love for hemp, his education, and you're carrying on that. What are you doing with hemp? Well... Getting back to, you know, I, I started the Jack Hauer Foundation in hopes that um, I could, in a sense, continue the work that he did on the road, going to communities and, and helping to influence um, and, and hopefully create the ability for, for those who are uh, less understanding, tolerant, or uh, educated about hemp uh, to realize that it's not the evil that... Uh, the government has portrayed, and then, in, in fact, it's quite the opposite. And with that, I, I was hoping to create a mobile uh, education center that I could take into. Oh my God, that's so perfect! Take into uh, rural areas yes. that that are not hemp centric or cannabis centric, that would generally push back with all of their might against what. It is that my father stood for what is happening uh, nationally or globally. Let's raise money and for a hemp mobile. Well, it, it's it's a little bit more in depth than that, right. um, but uh, it's so something. Look who I found, Patty. Right, because she, she you wants know, to be live. Let's give her a shout out, Caitlin. Hello, Kate. Caitlin from Three Hemp Company. Yes. She I'm knows. Sorry. She knows you, Patty. Oh, okay. And she knows Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're getting company. We love it. Okay. Oh, uh, go ahead, Dan. So, uh, you know, I, I, my vision was that if you can go into uh, the areas that are um, not not necessarily receptive to this and give them a new understanding, um, not because I'm preaching to them, but because I can I can show them what's happening in industrial hemp and the, 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 the possibilities uh, that are, are, are able to be achieved with the technologies that, that weren't available or even known 30 years ago when my father thought that hemp could save the world. But what he had was a belief that 
all of the things that he envisioned from understanding what the plant was made of, that it could replace all of these other products that are currently uh, being manufactured uh, throughout the industrial you know, nations of the world that are poisoning our planet, our ground, our air, or, you know, our soil. And, and that if we were able to use hemp to its full utility, that we could literally change not just how we live on this planet, not just how we will survive on this planet, but how we will thrive uh, into the future by utilizing this plant. And when he first said this to me and said that hemp was going to save the world, you know, it was a crazy thing. But, but now, now, now you have 30 years later, and all You're of the saying, things that oh he God, prophesied, he um, uh, it was a really lucky guess. No, he knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew in his heart that there was the possibilities. And, and since then, the people that he's helped to influence, who have then use their own energy and their own education and their own technology and access to that technology. And if they didn't have that, that access to, to that technology, they developed it. And now those technologies are leading the way into the future with the development of multiple different types of hemp products. But just think of all these people in all these countries and all these states that are farmlands, that they could be doing this hemp hemp or I mean it, it's incredible it's and, absolutely and, and incredible. hence the reason why he right. believed that hemp could save the it, world but he's right he's and, so, and he was sometimes right sometimes you just intuitively know things just like you intuitively know it will now we intuitively know yeah. hemp is it will save the world so just have to make it legal yeah. right? yep. well and, and they got the picture they, and you know a, a lot of people talk about legal this or legal that whether it's cannabis or whether it's hemp you know whole plant. It's it's very difficult to, to, to use the word legal when there's still so much control over something that doesn't need to be controlled to the degree. Um, the control right. that they're using now is all based on the lies and disinformation right. exactly. to create the to, to create the the infrastructure and the foundation for the rules that govern us now right. are all based on the lies that 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 were creating the fear that helped to control the population and the understanding of what right. the plant was for 80 years. Right. But now we've disproven all of that, but they're still using those same lies in order to create the governance that that which that is. Which is which is is you know controlling how we're able to access, it's how we're able to use, how we're able to grow, how it, we're able right. to develop new industries and and new understandings, exactly. and and it's it's almost like uh, the, the the powers of the world are purposely slowing us down. Money, because, power, and greed. Well, the, un understand that cannabis and hemp is the most disruptive technologies ever known to mankind because it completely displaces all of the industrial uh, manufa man manufacturing that is happening on a global scale. And if any of these companies were to retool their businesses in order to accept or develop hemp as part of their development, um, it would cost them tens of millions, hundreds of millions, even into the billions of dollars on a global scale in order to convert to this natural cycled plant. Right. And exactly. so as long as they're able to continue to build these products, make these products, develop these products using technology that's already outdated and poisonous to this planet, they're going to continue to do that until they're literally forced to change. So what are we doing then? 
Mexico. Education. Right. It's education. all about education. Ed education and awareness. You, awareness. You can beat down the door all you want. Right. But until until the electorate right. is educated, it's until educated. the representatives are educated, until the governments are educated, well, and do we you really think that I mean that's a, that's a process we don't even have time for. So what if what if we but educate the people then to then I know what's well, going to do. Well, that's the electorate. If you can if you can go to the people, and like I said, if you go to the rural areas and educate those folks, yes. and those yes. folks elect representatives that that represent them whether it's at the city or state or the federal levels if if their representatives understand what their beliefs are in their communities then they take those beliefs and they and they work on the development of how they can make that a reality in those areas so if you can if you can educate the electorate the, the people that actually vote the people that put the people in power that represent them then when they get to a place of power when they get to a place where they can use their understanding of this plan they can help to make better laws, smarter laws, laws that are based on fact and not fiction, not laws that are based on, on what we can do in the future instead of the failures and, and misrepresentations of the past. Um, you would think that... Bye, Brenda. Nice seeing you. Bye, guys. Bye, Brenda. I love you. It, it would be when we continue, politicians continue to talk about economics and environment. And we, so we have the, they have the answer. Trump has the answer. Well, they, they may know. have heard the answer, but don't they, don't, they, don't they don't recognize the answer. Because the recognition of the answer is the problem for every business. If, if you're talking, if, if, if Trump were aware of the actual answer, why would he be deregulating all the industries that continue to poison the planet in order to profit? He has no understanding of the natural cycle, nor does he really want to embrace it unless it will get him votes in the next election. Right. And I won't fall for that. It's all about, it's politics, and that's what's so bad. That is just, well, the it, thing is, the root it's not it. futile. There's power in numbers, which is what education is all about. It is. And and I think we should just push harder. And, push and, harder because and, we are actually, we have the ability to grow, to develop, take the plants that have been closed and, and start production. I agree. And instead of importing a half a billion dollars a year or more in product, we could be doing it here. Yep. There's absolutely no reason there are farmers being paid not to grow. There's farmland that isn't being grown on. So it's like the people going, and I don't know what, the, because the people would love to say something and they don't know how to say, which is great. Well, because HIA. they don't have the information to back up what they want exactly. to feel. Exactly. We have HIA and we have Vont Hip and, and we leave it. I, I actually look with Hempington Post, I look to you guys like, what can we tell people to sign? What okay, can we do? So, so here's the thing. Right now, Go, we're, Darlene. Sti we're still we have <laughs> we're still busy trying to educate those within the space. Exactly. Within, within we're, we're, our... You know, so we have this little nucleus that we're still, you know, it's like, it's like it's the, the hemp choir yeah. sings the songs, yeah, but they don't know the lyrics yet. Exactly. They don't know where the songs come from, you know, so, know yep, but, but for the most part, most people in this industry, most people in the cannabis industry, most people in the hemp industry yeah, don't still don't the understand, they don't understand nope, the history. Right. And without right. having that understanding right. of history, you don't have the, you don't have the understanding of how how transformative this plant can really be on on not just an economic level, not just a social level, but on a global level that changes how we live and exist. And and that's a much bigger picture than than putting a community to work. But what 
what's important is getting the communities to start working so they can start understanding, so they can start realizing that the, the things that can power their lives are the same things that they've been putting so much energy fighting against. And breaking down that wall is going to take a long time. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's most likely going to take much longer than okay, I have left wait a on minute. this earth. You know what? This that, is, that's, that's just me being... Hold on. Is, is, wait a minute. Hold on. Here's my prediction. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, we're moving fast. Yeah. But the, but the problem is right now within the hemp and the cannabis space, we're moving so fast, but we're being distracted by the dollars. Yes. We're not, we're yes. not, we're not being driven by the possibilities. Yes. We're being driven by You're bank right. accounts and ones and zeros. That's it. And the reason why we're going to fail unless we actually start educating ourselves is because we're going to lose track of what the importance is of this plant. And it's not about how much money you make. It's about what you can do with this plant that changes people's lives. Right. And money money is a great tool, but it, if you only use money as, as, as the point of where you want to go, then cannabis will just be a failure and so, and so will hemp. Right. And hemp, though, in hemp economics, it's not just money, it's industry. And industry creates jobs, which creates economics, which is healthy for everyone. And I right? understand all of that. Not just CBD. Though. No, all, all CBD is a small a fraction, small just, fraction. Just like yeah. uh, recreational cannabis and medicinal cannabis, these, uh, these affect large sectors of the population, but still at, at smaller numbers than using hemp to its full utility. You're not going to you're not going to build a car out of the the cannabis plant. You're going to build cars out of the hemp plant. You're you're going to start using cannabis or hemp for all things plastic yep. or as much as you can. So if you if you think if you think about everything that we use right now, the housings for your computers, our phones, you know, parts of automobiles, all of these things can be made from the plastic the, the making making, you know, plastic viable products from hemp. But that's just a that's just one product. But then if you start multiplying all of the other things from from creating uh, new chemicals that create new plastics and and new uh, you know paints and varnishes and glues, sealants, uh, paper, clothing, all of the technologies that that are magnified by the understanding of the technologies and the possibilities. You, you have the ability to to change the eco environment of of our existence. Right, and there's some huge powers to be that does not want that to change, and they are fighting very, and they are fighting big time. Money, power, and greed. That's so what that's it's about. Change. It's so like keep the people in the know. And 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 like that's that's the problem. The only thing that's going to change is if that we educate enough people on the opposite side of the power spectrum that they will have no choice other than to accept this plant to its full utility. It's going to take a lot more than the HIA. It's going to take a oh, lot yeah. more yeah. than than yeah. you know than the World Health Organization. It's going to take a lot more than it becoming legal uh, across the U.S. It's going to take a lot more than it being utilized to create wealth in other countries around the world. If you're only using it as a commodity and you're only focusing on what the dollars that come in are, you're losing right, the point. Of course. And and if some if, if we can't educate to the point where we can actually create this new understanding of, of an eco environmentally friendly future, 
it doesn't matter what we do at the hemp level, we will always just get to a certain point and it will always be controlled from there. And we have to get past that and the only way to do that is through education. Yep. Whole plant and wellness. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's hard though. It, it, it's really hard, you know. It's I mean, it, it's, it's too slow for me. I mean, yeah, I'm an so East Coaster. Cool. I want everything yesterday. <laughs> so slow. And it makes me mad that, you know, we're not educating people properly. There's not enough of us that are educating. I have a teaching background and I know how important it is. It's all about education. So, and, we and, have to go in and educate the I mean, police. We have to the schools. The you know and, everything. And, and it's it is a slow process, but it's a necessary process. Yes. My father, when he wrote the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, he said, "This is the truth. The, these are the facts. This is all the documentation that supports everything that says in this book." He was like, "As soon as people read this, cannabis laws will fall. We freedom will exist. Yes. And you know, here we are." You know, 30 years later, same boat. And you know, well, we're progressing. Really. Yeah. But in in some areas, when it comes to the understanding of this plant and the way that it's regulated and controlled, we're not progressing all that much. No, it's snail's pace. The, 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 the progression that we're experiencing is only because there's an economic viable engine there that those who are greedy want to access. Yeah. Because the the poor farmers who were persecuted and 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 incarcerated for growing this plant for the last 80 years have paid the price when they are really the heroes of, of what this is. Is you know Some people think that my father uh, was, was the, the, the legacy, you know, the, the founder of, of hemp and cannabis within the space that we know today. But the, re the real legacy and the real, the real heroes of this are those who risked their lives right. over decades and decades yes. of growing hemp and cannabis in yeah. the mountains of California and around the world, who have, who have risked everything, their freedom, their family's freedom, their property. You know, my, my father um, risked his freedom, but he, you know, he was incarcerated uh, for his for his voice, not because he was a grower. Oh, uh, right. So, yeah. so, I mean, my, my, they, they wanted my father you know, off of the talking circuit as to... Oh, yeah, they had to stop him. him so, so, I mean, and there was no way to do that. In, in 1980, we spent 108 days on the uh, the lawn of the Westwood Federal Building in Westwood, California, right off the 405 freeway in Wilshire Boulevard. And the only way that they could get my father off was to charge him with an archaic law um, that, that said that you couldn't be on federal property after dark during times of war. But in 1980, we weren't Wait, at war with right. anybody. So Didn't when, that, like so, the president walk up or something? And well, he's like, what are they doing out here? They must be like here for me or something. He's like, no, they're protesting you. Well, well, get a law to get them out of here. <laughs> the, the, the way it happened was that Ronald Reagan was elected uh, president in 1980, or 79 for 1980. He was, uh, he was inaugurated in 1980. And on his way to, for his pre-inaugural haircut, he stopped by the Westwood Federal Building. At the same time, we were on the lawn protesting, and he asked security and management at the Federal Building, um, why are the Canadians so upset with us? 
and he had mistaken the cannabis leaf on the posters and, uh, as the maple leaf. Right, right, right. There and and uh, they said, no, sir, uh, those aren't Canadians. Those are those are marijuana protesters. And he said, well, can't we can't we do anything about that? And he said, well, we took them to court, but they won. They're allowed to be here. And he was heard to have said that, uh, well, I'm going to be president in a couple of weeks. Uh, let, let me see what I can do. It was shortly after that that uh, the Los Angeles Police Department uh, paid a visit to my father and arrested him for registering voters uh, after dark on federal property. Oh my And the, God. the officer, my father being a soldier, um, when, when the officer came up to him and was uh, arresting my father for this violation of the Sedition Act, uh, my father said, why am, why am I... Why am I being arrested? You know, I'm registering voters. It's my, it's my, my right, my duty to this country. Um, and he said, "Well, you're you're being arrested for the Sedition Act." And my father says, "But we're not at war." And the officer poked my father in the chest and said, "We're at war with you." And and my father was arrested. He spent a couple of years uh, fighting the. Um, the charges. He was offered a $5 fine to drop the charges and to go on and accept uh, the, uh, a guilty plea. And my father, being uh, uh, a very integral person and understanding his rights as a citizen and the bullshit that was happening, um, refused to pay the $5 fine and uh, was subsequently uh, sentenced to 30 days in federal penitentiary for registering voters to vote. So had my father ever grown during his lifetime, oh, he'd be, uh, he, yeah. he would absolutely have been made uh, an example of, yes. and he most likely would have spent uh, a great deal of his life, if not the rest of his sure. life, in prison. Sure. So he felt that he uh, would have been, he would be more valuable uh, as a voice yes. rather than as a, as a target of, wow. of the drug war. Nice. And uh, he, he then... Uh, started going around the country and started going to events and started uh, going to each state uh, as as a proponent of their cannabis laws and helped people in those states to find their voice because my father couldn't be every place all at once. Uh, so he helped people to find their voice and to find their strength and help them lift their own communities up in order to demand the changes in these laws. And over the years, state by state by state, uh, these laws have fallen. They haven't fallen in the greatest way with regards to how the laws have been implemented, but uh, that fight goes on. Yeah, wow. and, and more on wow. uh, the emperor wears no clothes. You will watch that. And so how, away. I mean, can people get a hold of you or, uh, uh, or how do they get in more information? about your dad, the legacy, or, you know, whatever. Well, uh, he's easy enough to find information online. Uh, you know, you can Google Jack. Um, you can also uh, reach out through the Jack Herrer Foundation, uh, the phone and number. And you accept donations. Herrer uh, like terror. Remember that. Herrer <laughs> like terror. And um, our, our phone number at the foundation is one eight five five jack 420 Oh, that's nice. so perfect. I hey, I love you. Thank you so much. What great information. You have to come back to Hemp Radio because 
I need more. More of, I mean, you're doing great stuff, and I mean, we're so excited that you are, you know, you're you're carrying on the legend. You're you're you're, keep, you're in the hemp business, and that's important. So we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, and it's you been know my what? Great pleasure. Thank you for yeah, inviting we'll, me. We'll on. be following you. Right. We'll be promoting what you're doing. Believe Thank you. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, 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 that road goes both ways. Yes, Thank you. Yes, it, it's. I, I, I'm right there with you guys. When I, I heard the whole thing, I'm like, I'm so on board. I'm just and mind blowing. On that note, it's time to blow this joint. Yeah.